You're listening to Creators in Saigon, a podcast based in the rapidly modernizing city of Saigon, Vietnam. I'm Dana, and together with my co-hosts, Tuesi and Nico, we interview the most inspiring creative entrepreneurs Saigon has to offer on topics about life, relationships, creativity, business, health, and more. We are all coaches specializing in different areas, but our common goal is to inspire you to reach your full potential in these areas and improve the quality of your life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Creators in Saigon. Today, we're going to be interviewing Dana because I think it's very important. She's the creator of this podcast and we never heard anything about her. <laughs> so I thought it would be um, interesting to ask her some questions about her life and get a little bit more sense and, and, and perspective about your life. Mm-hmm. So, Dana, would you uh, like to start by introducing yourself? And Hello, Dana. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, sure. It's so funny when I have guests on the show, they're usually so nervous beforehand and I'm like, it's fine, like, just relax. And now I'm the one who's like, oh, shit. But yeah, so I'm Dana. I'm American. I've been in Vietnam for two and a half years and started this podcast a little over a year ago. But kind of took a, a break, as you guys know, when COVID happened and we, the studio we were using closed. So it's kind of unfortunate. But now we're here and I met these guys and super excited to continue. So I left my job in New York City at a pharmaceutical advertising agency, I guess, three years ago. I totally burnt out. It was so stressful working till 3 a.m. And it was a very work hard, play hard type of culture, a lot of drugs and alcohol, (laughs) that kind of vibe. The version of of success that we all think it is good. It was kind of like USA college part two, um, which was fun in the beginning, but after a while I was like, wait, I'm kind of trying to do something with my life and have a career and, you know, all that dumb stuff. So (laughs) And slow down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so I also always knew that I wanted to live abroad someday. So finally felt like, okay, now's the time. And teaching English seemed to be the kind of road of least resistance Mm -hmm. for doing that. So I started off teaching English, fell in love with Saigon and the people here and really wanted to sort of showcase the creative people here and, and also to kind of show my friends and family back home who have no idea what Vietnam really is, mm-hmm. like kind of show them, no, it's not this war-torn, super poor place, at right. least in Saigon, <laughs> anymore. And there's actually really interesting stuff happening here, so I kind of wanted to showcase that. And in learning everything about podcasting and not wanting to teach English anymore... <laughs> I decided to become a podcast manager and help people, other people who have podcasts, to produce and manage their podcast. And now I'm <laughs> pivoting again to coaching. It's still kind of TBD what kind of coaching. I've These past six months, I've been just exploring and learning a lot about all these different kinds of niches and just sort of following my curiosity and whatever it is I'm interested in that day and it's hard for me to just pick something and stick to it for a while Mm -hmm. so that's kind of been a blessing and a curse I guess but most recently I've been very into health and wellness and nutrition 
especially women's health. So that's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah. But we'll see what Perfect. happens tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. Very good. There's a lot of different questions that I wanted to ask you. The first part is going to be about your burnout. Because okay. uh, I know you are a coach about burnout. And I feel like it's uh, it's still a very relevant um, topic in your life, mm. in, in many, many lives. Mm. You know, when you talk about drugs and alcohol and work, it's, it's for me the description of a burnout. Yeah. So do you want to give us a little bit more detail about your burnout, especially as a, as a woman, mm -hmm. and how you went through it um, by yourself and with the help of who? Yeah. So I'm really big into journaling, and mm -hmm. I noticed that for several years in a row, I, I like to go back in my journals and kind of mm -hmm. like reread from the past year to kind of see what lessons I learned or what happened or what patterns. Do you write see. every day? Mm, not exactly every day, but like usually if something major is happening or something I need to process mm -hmm. and just see bleh on the paper. And I started noticing that every year around the same time, I would have this mental breakdown, right, just yes. absolutely wrecked about all the I was putting a lot of pressure on myself I think to have everything in my life figured out mm -hmm. so every time around February weirdly this would happen again and again and every time coming out of it I would do something drastic like move to Vietnam so <laughs> I would just freak out and, and yeah. make some major life decision basically trying to escape from that pain that okay, I was I feeling instead of actually learning about what is happening internally and addressing that problem mm -hmm. I was kind of expecting oh I'll just move abroad and you know on Instagram it seems like all I these travelers are just having the most beautiful dream life out mm -hmm. there so you get here and it is great at first but yeah. then regular life happens <laughs> yeah. and and you just fall right back into the yeah. pattern. So I just found myself again and again in this place where I was piling on so much onto my plate. Mm -hmm. I was always one to not, I guess, understand my own limits or boundaries and just yeah. like say yes to everyone, basically. Yeah. I was a people pleaser, basically. Like I just wanted people to like me and mm -hmm. I didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I so I would just say yes to anything that came my way and then all of a sudden it would get to this point where it's I have no free time I was not doing any form of self-care I didn't even know of self-care as like a concept really <laughs> so did you start learning a self-care here in Vietnam yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, okay. and so that was two years ago yeah two years ago yeah mm -hmm. And so two years ago, I was years into this career of advertising and living in New York, the fast life and, and that, right? Yeah, yeah. So like you realized that you were burnt out in the States or in Vietnam? Mm -hmm. Or you, you realized that there was a burnout, you escaped Vietnam and then you burned out again? I think that one, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think I didn't really know what was happening in the US. Mm -hmm. Like all I knew was I'm so stressed out and I feel horrible like I'd be in this depression unable to get out of bed mm -hmm. and it got to the point where one day I was so fed up at work that I was like I'm just gonna leave and see if anyone notices that I'm gone oh, and I just left in the middle of the day yeah. and went home and no one texted me or anything and I was yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the worst. Yeah, yeah. 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 and 
Yeah, so burnout really is it's a combination of so many different things, but a lot of people do start mm-hmm. to feel burnout at work if they feel unappreciated of course. and not valued for what they do. They don't feel like they are contributing anything. Mm-hmm. So that's when they start to question, like, what is my meaning here or in yeah. life? Like, what is my purpose? So in order to have that sense of, like, fulfillment, you have to feel like you you matter basically course, like yeah. what you're doing matters that someone appreciates what you're, you're doing you're seeking validation a little bit i think so yeah, yeah. And, uh, and i'm big in this too like i'm uh, I was yeah. big in like little validation i think ev- yeah. everyone has a pers- Just validate my effort a little yeah. bit and i can go on but it's it's a lie yeah. <laughs> your body cannot go on yeah. <laughs> yeah and i was also this perfectionist i was seeking validation and also avoiding criticism and rejection so i would No one would ask me to do this, but I would stay up so late in the office trying to yeah. do these projects and make it so perfect to the point that my boss wouldn't have anything bad mm-hmm. to say about it, which of course he he always does. Like there's going to be something yeah, yeah. that yeah. I missed and I just couldn't handle. I would take it like so personally. I just mm-hmm. never wanted to look like I was dumb or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of did it to myself in many ways and yeah. came here and the same patterns would just repeat again. Yeah. I would think, oh, if I change where I am, but that doesn't change. Yeah. <laughs> the, the mental breakdown that broke the camel's back or whatever yeah, yeah. Uh, was during my teaching job. Mm-hmm. I had a regular review meeting with mm-hmm. my manager to give you feedback about what you're doing well and what you're not doing mm-hmm. well. So I'm triggered seeking that validation yeah. and avoiding the criticism And at the same time, outside of work, putting all the pressure on myself, like mm-hmm. doing all the things. And I just like broke down crying in front of her. And she, and so many people have said this to me in my life over and over. For someone who has like accomplished so much, yeah. you put so much pressure on yourself to yeah. be perfect in everything. Mm-hmm. Like wh- why? And so that was sort of the catalyst for me trying to explore that more and actually question myself like yeah mm-hmm. why is that because it because if multiple people are telling you this yeah. again and again like at some point yeah at some point you resonate yeah. and you and realize then, yeah. oh i'm the common denominator here yeah. i need to figure out what's going on and and then it put just put me on this whole yeah. path of learning self-awareness learning about myself mm. and even my childhood like how things in your childhood shape yeah. you and yeah, yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about this? Sure. Yeah. Um, so, because because it's it's for me like when I I if I compare it to myself a little bit that seeking validation was always something that was that was embedded in my mind since childhood. Mm-hmm. My father, for example, I was never enough, never enough, and I was just yeah. like, can't you see? Yeah. So, tell me about your childhood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Similar, and I think our parents grew up in such different times than we did mm-hmm. of course so my dad was he was working from when he was like 12 years old in his dad's woodworking shop so his concept of laziness and yeah. what you should yeah. be doing i'd be 12 years old sitting on the couch watching tv and he'd mm-hmm. walk by like oh must be nice to just yeah, like, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> i'm putting food on the table uh, why don't yeah. you go outside and pick up some sticks and i'm oh, just like yeah. i'm 12 <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah and then you can't defend yourself <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then uh, oh, I think another know. part was maybe I think in my family I was ex- I was kind of 
expected to be the child who I, I was always really good academically, like getting good grades and stuff. And so my parents didn't really seem to, I guess, worry that much in terms of my academics. And whereas my sister struggled academically, mm-hmm. so I guess I felt this pressure to like always do really well in school. And and so I think that's mm-hmm. a little bit where the the grades, like wanting to get good grades and being like this perfectionist yeah. coming in a bit. So you can see that pattern throughout school too when you were young and you wanted always wanted to be like the best school and mm-hmm. yeah, I see. Yeah. And yeah. I can see that. So you because you, you do have that that, that profile. When I the first time that I met you was like very independent girl that that knows it all. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. when did you start? I guess because I'm pretty sure through going that burnout and learning about this, you had to learn about how to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So how do you express that vulnerability now? Mm. Yeah, I think in having like more conversations with my mom and her just saying, we don't expect you to be perfect. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have it all together. She was. She always says like, I literally just want you to be happy. That's all I want. So. When you talked about your childhood, you didn't say anything about your mother. How was your mm-hmm. relationship with her? My relationship with my mom was definitely strong. She, I think she was the one who kind of modeled for me this independence because mm-hmm. she... So my dad is a truck driver, so mm-hmm. growing up, he would pretty much be gone the whole week and driving cross-country and then just home on the weekends. Yeah. And then even when he's home on the weekends, he would sleep during the day and be up at night because that's what his driving schedule was so she was working full-time also Mm -hmm. being a mom like also taking us to dance class and doing all the things like just being wonder woman and i never really saw her her breakdown or anything like that so she was just very strong Mm -hmm. in that way so i think that's what i saw and that's what i expected myself to be and i think i think because she was I didn't want to put any extra burden on her because she was always already doing so much and because my sister was like a little bit extra work for me. <laughs> I feel like I tried to become just the invisible child and just yeah. sort of take care a of shadow myself. perfect kid. Yeah, not yeah, like yeah. bother anyone, not want to burden anyone. Yeah. So I think I just became very self-sufficient in that way. But then if your mom doesn't know how to show vulnerability, then how could you? Mm-hmm. I always look at those patterns where the apple falls not too far from the tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, and yeah. Same with my dad. Like, he yeah. is very stoic. Maybe only saw him cry twice. Uh-huh. And it was very similar in my high school, college relationship, too. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to show, like, I don't need you. I was very just, like, put the wall up. Yeah, and yeah. I'm independent kind of thing. But in your head, all you want is, I want a hug. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in your hug. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it was very toxic. Yeah. And uh-huh. yeah, I guess, and I think that was a pattern too that kind of ended in Vietnam as well. Like mm-hmm. the last guy that I was with here was very, it was very toxic. And then I was like, mm-hmm. hmm, wait, I'm again, I'm the common denominator in all of these patterns that I'm seeing. Yeah. So wait a minute, I have to look at myself and realize what's going on. All right. Amazing. Thank you. Let's go back to the, to the Vietnam and the, and you coming out of your burnout. Yes. Cause there, I feel like there's so much to be talked about. Mm-hmm, so your vulnerability, how did you start expressing it? I, I guess just being more honest with my mom about what 
what's happening and how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And I start to feel bad because pretty much every time I talk to her on the phone, I'm like crying. But just having that safety and openness of it's okay, we're not expecting you to have everything together mm-hmm. is really helpful. And then also just joining different kinds of support groups especially with other women and just to see that it's not just me like I'm not the only one Mm -hmm. I used to literally think something was so wrong with me and Mm -hmm. that everyone else was fine (laughs) (laughs) and then once you start to hear other people's stories and like oh me too and I and I think just learning about my childhood and and understanding how that shaped me was Mm -hmm. also really just to realize, oh, there's not something inherently wrong with me. Yeah. It's just this is what I learned growing up. and It was built that way. Yeah, and yeah. now I can have the... I can, like, take responsibility to show up differently yeah. now moving forward, which is easier said than done, and it's yeah. always, always still a process, but... Of course, yeah. Yeah. So, like, do you have a, do you have a support system now, or do you... Uh, do you is it just more than your mom? Yeah, yeah. So I've joined, I've met a lot of people through Instagram and doing this whole business thing on Instagram. You meet a a lot of other online entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So just meeting different girls through that. And there's one girl who has this support group thing that I'm in. So that's been really, really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. You have us now. Yay. And we have each other. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's good. Well, thank you for all this information. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's always good to have a team. Mm-hmm. I always like it's always good to focus back into yourself, practice self care mm-hmm. with yeah. people. Yeah, it's great. That's great of, advice. Yeah, you kind of have to like let go of your pride in a way. Because mm-hmm. for me, I used to think if I ask for help, that's weak and yeah. and that's a bullshit rule. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah. so I was always like, I need anyone. Like yeah. I figured out myself, kind exactly. of thing. And and that gets validated over and over because I can take care of myself. Mm-hmm. I came to Vietnam by myself. Mm-hmm. Everyone's, you know, when I meet other women who came here with their significant others, they're like, you came here by yourself? And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I, I am strong and independent, but I also have to recognize that asking for help yeah. isn't weak it's yeah. actually exactly. a smart thing to do yeah. because yeah. we we need people of we course. just do usually when you have a problem there is a high chance in this entire planet especially with the internet when you google it that someone else elsewhere yeah. had the same problem and yeah. difficulty and so you can figure out how to reach these persons or read about it and usually yeah. somehow by this way seeking for help is a good mm-hmm. is a good way to be stronger actually exactly. and build up on yeah. okay so um how did you st- went from moving out of America, coming to Vietnam, teaching, and then now podcasting and life coaching. Yeah, yeah. So actually around when I first came to Vietnam, maybe like a few months after, I was feeling really lost, just so lost about who am I and what's my purpose (laughs) and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I posted in the female expats group which is like the best group ever it's the best group yeah for female (laughs) (laughs) and I posted I peeked through from his account and I this is such a great group it's so so nice it's so joyful and and it's so loving Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I posted there like 
I, does anyone else feel this way? I feel so lost. Like I'm just sort of floating through life and I don't know what's going on. And there were a hundred comments, uh, of course. And I had said, if that resonates with you, I'm interested in creating some kind of support group or community type of thing to sort of go through this process together of finding our purpose. And so many people expressed interest. And I had one meetup eight women showed up and at that stage in my life I didn't really understand the concept of failure again because I was such a perfectionist I didn't really understand that first of all that that was not a failure like eight people that's really good but in my mind I'm like this is so embarrassing like like 100 people commented only eight people came like such a failure what would Gary be saying yeah it's like 150,000 yeah and I don't know, like the meetup was good and then people weren't really interested for the second one. And again, in my mind, I'm like, oh, like such failure. I'm never doing that again kind of thing. Whereas I could have asked them, gotten some feedback. Hey, why weren't you interested in the second round? Or like, what would you like to do differently or whatever? But mm. I just was like, nope, not doing that again. Like, <laughs> that hurt my ego too. <laughs> Then I was like, okay, I guess life coaching is not for me. Um, Even that, like, again, I'm such a journaler. So I look back, January 2019, I'm writing business plans for being a life coach. But I was just so shook by that experience and, like, the pain of it that I was like, no, never mind. And so then I was trying to find out, well, how can I still work online and be able to have my independence from a schedule and things like that and I was like well maybe if I work for life coaches then I'll learn more about Mm -hmm. the industry and I'm still making an impact and doing something good but like not putting myself out there as much Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a tactic to hide Mm -hmm. and not put myself out there really how did that go comfortable but still seeking discomfort (laughs) on your own at your own pace exactly it's good so I started thinking of okay well what do life coaches need help with and I started Mm -hmm. noticing that a lot of them have podcasts and I really liked listening to podcasts I was doing my own podcast and I was like, okay, why don't I offer this mm. skill that I've developed as a yeah. service? And turns out, yeah, a lot of coaches need help with that. So yeah, that's kind of how I fell into that. And after a year of doing that and my own personal development journey, I think I think I needed that year actually to build up enough confidence and just sort of find what my interests really are and learn more about myself to finally have that confidence to be like, okay. I'm ready now to be the one to step into the spotlight. And mm-hmm. and now I know that failure is okay and uh, I can learn from it. And yeah. that eight people is a really great number. So yeah, now it's at the point where I have a good sense that that's what I want to do, but it's it's I'm still figuring out, like I don't think I'm really offering services right now. I feel like I'm kind of on hold mm-hmm. and just sort of, having fun exploring and following whatever passions and then just like educating what I learn about. It's perfect. Yeah. Mm. But I mean, it's, it's all about testing ideas and Mm. seeing the result and then moving forward and and somehow like learning how to be comfortable with it because Mm -hmm. 
my guess is like if you keep doing that you will find faster you know what defines you and what you're best at yeah yeah and something that's been crucial and I think where people get stuck is a lot of people will just sit there and try to think about what they want to do mm -hmm. and that's like definitely a part of the process but you also have mm -hmm. to actually do things mm -hmm. like yeah, take yeah, action yeah, yeah, yeah. so even though I don't really know what kind of coaching I want to do I'm still out there coaching people like yeah, yeah. you know getting that just yeah. to see just to test it out like do I like this or don't I mm. even hosting meditation circles mm. do I like that I don't know let me see like, yeah, let me try perfect. do I do I like being a podcast host I don't know let me see like mm. just mm. having that mindset of you're not going to know until you try basically perfect you know? And until you try multiple times, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love this mindset. It's a good mindset. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, there is a few words that you that you said. You had a big transition in life coming to Vietnam, but after this, I feel like you set your intention to what you wanted to do, and now you use the word pivoting. Pivoting, yeah. Pivoting, which is which is because you set your intention and you don't transition anymore. You just pivot. Mm. You just go, okay, I, I tried this, but it's still within that same intention, and I mm. find it very, mm -hmm. very good. Very yeah, there, there's, there's no. 66 road, you know, like straight. It's always yeah. Vietnamese road, you know. Yeah. And I think yeah. something else that has to come with that mindset is not worrying about how it looks on the outside or like what, what people think of you because of that's what I struggled with. I was like, oh my God, I just spent a year and a half building up this persona as this podcast expert and that's what people know me for and that's what people come to me for yeah. advice now. And, and then like, I'm just going to, tomorrow announce never mind <laughs> just kidding i'm a life coach just kidding yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and well, maybe um, you could you could do the storytelling yeah. a little <laughs> yeah so yeah, no, I, I feel that was yeah. like something to sort I mean, of work through too mm -hmm. um, because yeah. i was like oh i'm gonna let so many people down and oh that whole year was such a waste of time but I, I had to work through that mindset of it wasn't a waste of time because exactly you learned a lot about yourself you yeah. made a lot of great connections you showed yourself that you can mm -hmm. make your own money you mm -hmm. don't need to work for a company to, yeah. to make money like all these things there, there's a lesson yeah. in everything yeah and, and just for us to when you change it. your mind actually like there is a reason why so mm -hmm. that's part of the story as well and if yeah. people come to you be like oh you don't do that anymore more and they start insulting you that means they don't understand the concept of actually doing right. something and mm -hmm. and failing and learning and yeah. keep going changing your mind is fine mm -hmm. like so you you do you do you feel now within this whole understanding of yourself with the self-care that you're you're pursuing uh, things that you like because there is millions of ways to help people mm -hmm. but now you're really like focusing in and i feel it mm -hmm. to things you like mm -hmm. yeah i think taking the pressure off of myself to I guess create a successful business right mm -hmm. now that was putting a lot of pressure on me and and show trying to like show up on social media mm -hmm. every single day and have everything all together in terms of like who's my ideal client and what's my message and like all that stuff it was like I don't feel free right now mm -hmm. to explore and so I I went on this social media detox of I'm deleting these apps off my phone. <laughs> I'm 
I'm gone. I didn't even announce it. I didn't even yeah, say anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one day, I I just, felt it. one day, I just like deleted it. Disappeared. <laughs> I was like, bye. Um, I went from like 50 days like yeah. Instagram to zero. And I was People like, were messaging me like, "Where are you? What's yeah. happening?" Where's my like, pixel? <laughs> yeah, and that, I really needed that yeah. to just fully be with myself and feel mm. free to explore just anything, just sort of play, mm. I guess. Rewire. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's good. It's good. Yeah. And I, and I won't even say that I'm 100% dead set that coaching is even the thing. Mm -hmm. I think that, I think we can have, like you said, there's multiple ways that you could express your purpose and passion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is the season of coaching and yeah. maybe I'm doing this for now and I really like it, but I'm, mm -hmm. I'm always going to be open to pivoting. Yeah. yeah. Again, like there is so many ways to help people. I, I use the word coach because I, I guess, yeah, it's in, it's in the, it's in the trend right now, but there's, there's so many ways to help. Mm -hmm. Helping is the best. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the purpose for many. And also, I, I'm, I'm going to dwell a little bit um, deeper to what I think is. Let me get some popcorns first. <laughs> <laughs> So what I think is a, is a, is your main passion here, your femininity. Yes. Because <laughs> from the moment that I've met you, there is this this big part. I think the vulnerability that that we talked before is, I think, also you trying to express it through your femininity, and it's also your desire to help women. So, do you want to talk a little bit more about this sure. and how in the past I feel like in the past couple of years you've learned to express it a lot more, mm -hmm. and that's and how you want to help women with that? Yeah, I think. Growing up, I probably tried to like push away that part of myself because mm -hmm. I wanted to be that tough. I'm independent. I don't need anyone. I was very in my masculine energy. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, anyone expressing emotions or vulnerability, yeah. I'm like, you're weak. I would yeah. never cry in front of anyone. And yeah, I feel like now I'm just really trying to embrace the feminine energy more and, mm. and just getting more in touch with my body in terms of understanding what's actually going on inside of my body in terms of hormones and things like that because it's it's actually just so amazing like when you learn what's really happening and how to work with your body instead of against it mm -hmm. in terms of how to eat and how to exercise and all these different things mm -hmm. instead yep. of being angry with your own body because yeah, yeah. there's pain and like inconvenience and all these things and it's just like oh like why but then when you learn what's actually happening and how to work with it and sort of naturally ease those symptoms it's like oh it's actually pretty cool mm -hmm. what's happening yeah yeah do you, do you feel like you grew up rejecting your body a little bit yeah, yeah i think the culture around anything having to do with a woman's sexuality or her period or anything like that is still very taboo and you feel the shame of having to hide it and not really talk about it so I think and then sort of realizing looking at the medical and pharmaceutical industry even coming from that pharmaceutical advertising job I really got to see the dark side of, I don't think there is a light side actually yeah pharmaceutical, <laughs> pharmaceutical is, it's just dark yeah it's yeah. the devil <laughs> yeah and uh, it was just it was just so messed up the things yeah. I would see about how they're marketing and yeah. like very misleading mm. and all this mm. stuff they don't have an and angle just, here to teach necessary. people they're they are here yeah. for sales so yeah and so I think there's a lot of 
we're just being pushed drugs on us and not really understanding the full risks mm. and side effects. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, so can, can you be more uh, precise a bit more for the women who listen maybe to yeah. be like, okay, what, what, are we, what are we exactly talking yeah, about and, yeah. and what do you read or how do you learn about that? Yeah, yeah. So what I'm talking about essentially is what's called cycle syncing. This term was coined by Elisa Vitti, I believe her name is, and she wrote this book called Woman Code. Mm. which educates women about your endocrine system and your reproductive system and all the hormones that are like what's happening inside your body Mm. within your menstrual cycle, which we tend to think of menstrual cycle in just that like bleeding phase, Mm. but actually it's a 28 day uh, cycle with four phases. And in each phase, different things are happening chemically in your body and the hormonal birth control pills that so many women are on because when we were like 14 we mm. go to the doctor and we complain about like my skin and my the pain and like all these things and they just say here take this pill and boom not realizing that this pill it basically tricks your body into thinking that you are pregnant it like stops the ovulation process and so it stops certain hormones from being produced or it produces like more hormones Mm. than is normal or necessary and that's not explained to you ever like when you're sitting there in the office it's just like here take this pill you might feel a headache or something you know but it's the reason why you know a lot of women myself my friends would get depression on the pill and like all these other things and a lot of women have certain diseases like hormonal chronic diseases Uh and they just also get given the pill because it basically it doesn't solve the root cause of the issue it just masks the symptoms yeah 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 yeah. very western way through yeah Mm. and so then these women are on the pill for the past 10 years and now they're my age like getting off and trying to get pregnant and realizing that they're not fertile because of you know the whole time they're just suppressing these Mm -hmm. symptoms they're deteriorating their own body and so now yeah people who are more into holistic natural healing and nutrition Mm -hmm. are like actually we can just eat healthfully and do the right kinds of exercise and self-care practices and things like that and there's actually examples in this in this woman's book woman code that she wrote of women coming to her infertile but then following her Mm -hmm. protocol and like becoming fertile again so Mm -hmm. so like your body it's it's capable of being healthy and doing what it's supposed to do mm-hmm. but in our world especially in the u.s with all the toxins and chemicals and extra hormones mm-hmm. being pumped into the food and just in our environment that's what actually causes the disease mm-hmm. in the first place mm-hmm. and then you just slap on some more hormones to hide it and then and some stress yeah, and, yeah. all this right all yeah. those stressors chemical bomb of, of but, uh, yeah like when you said like this is the real western way to solve the problems i feel i feel it's it's not only about women cycles like it's everything mm-hmm. that we have like you go to the doctor or you go to someone and he's like oh yeah. take this magic it's a western relationship and then we cover the problem instead of looking yeah. at it and be like yeah you have a 
it's not a problem. It's you know, it's it's like your body, your situation. You have to, uh, to make pain learn or not live through it. Mm. When like you should live through your pain, and you should like you know a lot of and, and I think you've said that once too. It's like well, but if I don't take the pill, I. I like I'm dying. It's like, and I can't yeah. handle that pain. And yeah, you know, you're sold this. It's like a double-edged sword. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Either you're gonna suffer and be in pain, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you can take this pill and not be in pain, but have all these other problems and be yeah. like depressed in the future. Like that. Yeah, the but future. if you yeah. if you meet anybody in pain and you go like, hey, take this pill and you won't have pain anymore, people will take the pill. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. if they don't educate they themselves. You, and they tell you, yeah. well, you know, there is techniques that you can learn throughout the t- next two years that will help you understand the pain and like make your life even more comfortable. People like, just give me the pill. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if they are working, they are busy, and they yeah. want yeah. they want to cover that because yeah. somehow we feel ashamed and to have these problems. Teenager and like everyone's doing it. Of course, you're just gonna do what all yeah. your friends are doing. Yeah. Like mm. I, it wasn't even a question for me. It was. Just, yeah. I remember I was probably 17 when I went on the pill, and it was mm. it was just a given. It was like, yeah, oh, yeah. 17, have a boyfriend, get mm. on the pill. It's like a checkpoint. Yeah. My, my ex had a, had the implants, and mm. that was even worse. When I met her, I was like, yeah, you gotta take this off, like. <laughs> It's like, yeah, no, it's in for five years, you know, and it's just releasing that hormone at all time. And I like, oh my gosh, like mm. it's, it's just, you know, <laughs> very bad. Are there any other resources that you refer to? Um, I've been doing just so much Googling and it's interesting because when you Google, is the IUD safe or what are the side effects of hormonal birth control? There are all these articles that talk about how great it is and how, oh, not to worry. But then if you Google something like a nutritionist opinion on yeah, yeah, yeah. and start looking at it from a different perspective mm-hmm. than like whatever is the first thing to come up on Google, then you start to see like what other okay. experts actually have to mm-hmm. say about it. So see, and yeah. that's what's scary is that mm-hmm. the, the first information that you're usually presented with mm-hmm. is in favor of it because that's yeah. what they want to sell you. But when you dig a little deeper and start reading books by nutritionists and women's health experts and just like get other opinions, I just think it's important for everyone to be, to, you kind of have to like take charge of your own health because they're just going to tell you whatever's the easiest mm. thing. And you yeah. you kind of have to just be critical of, mm. of everything and do your own research mm. and not just take what someone says as 100% the truth. It's great advice it's, anyway. It's, it's, you've been so passionate about this cycle syncing. Like, I've, I've, I've been very interested in it through you, which is, thank you so much, because it's helping my girlfriend at the same time. But one of the things that you said, because like the natural reflex for someone like mm-hmm. me, that, that is not a girl, <laughs> sorry. Oh, really? Um, is to go like, oh, but like, fuck, like, just, just stop the pill. Like, just cut it cold, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think one of the sentences you told me was like, you shouldn't just cold turkey eh? mm. because you know you need to understand your body and it's mm. part of this whole you know process of okay well i know the the, the negative that i've done to my body but there is a way out mm. yeah and i feel like the way out needs to be with the team like and that's mm. where you know yeah you, i think i think with anything in life it's important to have a plan i yeah. mean there's there's times to be spontaneous but let's not be like reckless mm-hmm. you know and for me, I'm like, okay, if I went off, 
the hormonal IUD I'm on, what would life actually look like and how do I prepare for that? So looking at, okay, like what are different options for my period? There's tampons, but we don't want to use that. There's like, it's just all these different things. There's cups are very famous. Cups, yeah. So just, I'm like researching all of that stuff Mm -hmm. right now because I don't want to just stop it and then... This, there's just like, I, I haven't <laughs> yeah. you know like had a period in three years so yeah, yeah, I can't hard, just yeah. like you know change yeah. my whole life like that yeah. you have mm-hmm. to be prepared and do the research of course and and then of course the whole hormonal aspect of it too what's gonna happen like I just I feel like I'm just a lot more responsible in terms of researching these things mm-hmm. myself rather than my younger self who's just super reckless <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah very good. Very well, I guess there is some people in who are listening or watching this that can either share some experiences or have some advice or mm-hmm. actually contact Dana to discuss that more in deeper understanding because I think it's everyone kind of face the same problems but everyone responds to it differently and everybody has a different body as well mm-hmm. so I guess yeah um, and like it takes time and to, what I want to say to understand is that, that hormonal birth control might be what you want to do like I'm not saying it's the devil or something but all I'm saying is educate yourself basically I'm saying it's the devil (laughs) (laughs) you know for some people maybe that really is as long as you are aware I think of like the impacts Mm. what's happening Mm -hmm. on your body and you Mm. are educated about that and it's an informed decision Mm -hmm. rather than like oh, my doctor said it, so it must be true. Of course, like, yeah. Not necessarily. Exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, always, I'm always more uh, pro, uh, don't put any chemicals in your body at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm <laughs> definitely you're... leaning much more. <laughs> and and I, I like the, the way you did your research where you are asking for other people's perspective of it because mm-hmm. other experts may have a different view. And actually, nutritionists are not the only ones. Like There is other knowledgeable people yeah. out here mm-hmm. who knows mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about creators in Saigon for, okay. for one, uh, the, the, the question before the last one. <laughs> so you've obviously been a creator in Saigon <laughs> since sure. you created this yeah. podcast. The like, part of the... <laughs> yeah, so... Um, <laughs> Welcome to your own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talk to us a little bit more about how you created this podcast and uh, how it came to be and... Uh, mm. What's and, the ambition? Uh, yeah, it started when I was still teaching English mm. and... I would ask my students, I was teaching university students Mm. or young working professionals. And of course, in English, the topic of hobbies always comes up. And so I'd ask, what are your hobbies? (laughs) And, or no, first I would ask, like, what are you, what are you studying at university? Mm. And they'd be like, finance. And I'm like, "Uh, do you like it? And they're like, no. Why are you doing it? And they're like, it's my parents, maybe. And, like, there's definitely some of that in the U.S., but it's it's definitely less so. I think U.S. parents are more, do what makes you happy or what you're interested or whatever. Follow um, your passion, don't cry doing it. Yeah. <laughs> don't be a pussy doing it. Yeah, yeah. If you become a lawyer, it's a bit better than, you know. Yeah. But 
Do whatever you <laughs> yeah, want. Yeah, it's like some low key judgment. But, like, <laughs> but you can still choose. You're not you know? gonna like literally get hit for it. So. No, oh, his yeah. parents are. My dad had a had a 15 year plan on the wall for me. It was like, <laughs> this is you here in Paris, and now you're gonna be in Harvard or oh. MIT, and then he had like this whole plan that I had in front of my desk, mm. and I ended up. And you went like in a photography school in Toronto. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, dad, I'm sorry. Yeah. So. <laughs> I guess just seeing that and seeing like the differences in culture there, first of all, it just made me realize my privilege and that it is a privilege to be able to have hobbies and explore fashions because I didn't have to, you know, go learn English after school. After school, I could go do dance class or something. Yeah. But also, also just wanting to, I think the thing was I had a lot of young Vietnamese women say to me like, oh, I wish I could I wish I was like you or I wish I could be as confident as you or something like when I would tell them oh yeah I came here alone you know because they always ask mm-hmm. are you married or single yeah, yeah, yeah. single they're like you came here by yourself and I'm yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah and they're like oh I wish I had that confidence or something and I realized literally <laughs> the only difference is that I grew up in a different culture that sort of nurtured that uh-huh. independent or like individualistic yeah. mindset. Both ways are working. But did, yeah. Do you feel like those words resonated for you? Oh, you're so you're so lucky you're here. Or like, I heard that sentence for me so many times, and every time, mm-hmm. like, but I'm so sad inside. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's you. Like, yeah, people would <laughs> people person. would say all the time, like, yeah. "Wow, you're so brave," and yeah. I'm like, "Actually, I ran away." Yeah. From home. <laughs> 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 Actually, I just completely denied and yeah. ran away from yeah. all my problems, and like, I'm hiding out here. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was definitely mm, that's not really what's happening here, yeah. but. I guess I just wanted to show a different way of being and just sort of showcase all the creative, passionate people I was meeting here. Mm-hmm. To inspire. Just, yeah, just to inspire and just people going for their passions despite mm-hmm. their fears. And yeah, to hopefully mm-hmm. inspire that younger generation that they can they can mm-hmm. do it too. But you said the word woman again, so... You, you met a lot of women that tell that told you this. So are you are you more interested? Because are you more interested in creators, female creators in Saigon? No, Was that your, um, no, not necessarily. Be? I think that's just because that was my community. It was like mm-hmm. I just knew already a lot yeah. more women, and then as the podcast went <clears throat> went along, I started meeting more men and yeah, didn't yeah. differentiate between like oh you're a man you can't be a podcast <laughs> like it wasn't like Sorry. that I, yeah I wanted yeah. anyone My yeah. bad. it was a bad question <laughs> yeah yeah I think I think it's a good time too for us to also stay now that we're three what's the intention for the creators that we want I think it's it's good to say that we want to for me we want to meet creators that are in Saigon and how they express that you know that vulnerability in your your sense of it was more in, on your female side. Mm-hmm. Mine was addiction. Yours was transitioning from businesses. And, mm-hmm. and we want to see how this creation is, is being uh, mm-hmm. expressed. And we want, to be, we want to be here for the ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good, uh, it's a good I think it's, it's mm-hmm. summarizing up quite clearly. I have one uh, last question for you. Because uh, I'm, I'm very honestly on my side. Since I've met you, I've been, I've been quite fascinated with, with, your, with your story a little bit. Because... Mm-hmm. 
For me, you're like only a little bit, just a little bit. Just <laughs> you're you're enough, but just a little bit. <laughs> it's, uh, Not yet enough. Yeah. I, I found it fascinating because you're in a way like you know your whole that part of your story that is in New York. You're a bit of the the product of your generation. That tough girl, like making it into the big city and, and, and looking the way you should look. And for me to know about how you burnt out, broke down did this big transition in life, I'm like so excited to see what's coming up next. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and I could... <laughs> <laughs> <You> can't wait. Because <laughs> it's, uh, it's, so, it's so very important for, for me to, boys and girls, but mostly, you know, the female audience that is looking at you because I know so many that are acting tough just like you. Mm -hmm. I've encountered so many in my tribulation around the world and I know that a lot of people are looking for role model or mentors in the mistakes these days, in the problems, in all this vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So the last question for me is, what's next? <laughs> no. I really am interested in getting some sort of certification because right now everything I'm talking to you guys about in terms mm -hmm. of like hormones and stuff like that, that's just from my independent research on Google. So it's mm -hmm. not like I've gone to school for this or anything I don't necessarily want to go and get a master's because I also I don't even trust the U.S. education system mm -hmm. anymore because I just feel like it's the pharma companies funding everything yeah. No, yeah. I don't know I'm okay. like a conspiracy theorist but but would getting this so yeah yeah okay we are on, we are on the same point of yeah. view on this so go ahead <laughs> just fire <laughs> Just, call me out. Call you know, but getting certification, is it just like for you to calm your insecurities? Because let's let's look at it on my point of view. When was the last time anyone here got asked for their certification in anything, like any certification, your diplomas, degrees, anything you have in life, even your driving license? When was the last time you started working with someone and they go like, Well, whatever you just told me is so convincing, but I want to see your certification. As an entrepreneur, <laughs> not as an English teacher. Yeah, you know? yeah, I know. I. What? Yeah. I, I just feel like with this kind of medical stuff, maybe it's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Of course. I well, mean, I can always make the disclaimer that, you know, I can't, I can't actually tell you what to do with your birth control mm -hmm. situation. Would you be interested in partnering up with a holistic doctor that is out there that would like to be uh, taking part of that yeah sure <laughs> yeah, maybe they would that's, that's a thing know? too I mean I really I'll say it on here I really admire La Holista do you guys know La Holista yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I just no. admire Chiara and uh, yeah, company yeah. yeah that so it's uh, La Holista in district 2 yes yeah yeah so they have they sell food like nutritious food mm -hmm. they do retreats I'm pretty sure they do like yeah. a monthly hiking oh, trip nice. they yeah. do and it's run by like I'm pretty sure one of the owners she's a certified health coach mm -hmm. and you know nutritionist and stuff so actually was if you're watching this right now I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember your name I'm we, sorry we can, it's Chiara, I think there's Chiara, Chiara that I met already because she used to organize as well like or be part of the community of runners and triathletes mm -hmm. yeah. that was part of yeah when I was still running maybe it was her I was stalking her LinkedIn page to see what her <laughs> certification was and her, mm -hmm. her qualification and just to see like what kind of education mm -hmm. she got mm -hmm. so I've just been looking at different programs but getting kind of frustrated because I look at the reviews of the programs online and 
Some of them have such negative reviews and it looks so good on their website. Their marketing is so good. It looks like everything I need and want. And then I read these reviews and they're like, nothing that was promised was real and all this stuff. I'm just like, why is this so hard? So yeah, yeah, I could, you know, just continue self-studying and read books Mm -hmm. and educate Mm -hmm. myself. But I guess I just... Like the idea of having some structure around it. Yeah, for sure. Mm, I see it. Yeah. I think as long as it's transparent with the people you're talking to and because what we fear of here is like to lie and to, you know, to be caught out of, oh, you are, you know, no better than... Even like just legally, I mean, I feel like here it's not so much a concern, but if I were to go back in the U.S., there are yeah. state laws about course, what you can yeah. and can't say with what sort of certificates you have and things yeah. like that. Yeah. So of I'm course, because they like, want you to take the pill at the end, exactly, not the coach. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. They, yeah, they don't want you to be... But, they don't want you to tell everyone that you can just eat healthy and everything yeah. will be fine. Oh, you can create your own... But, I mean, if it's... Like, if the question is to build a community and, and if it's to spread, spread your message and everything... I I've, I've met so many entrepreneurs, even including me, who, you know, made stuff and we didn't have any degree. Like, we just read. Like, the, the same thing you, you, you said in your podcast, you know, when you uh, started to sort yourself out of addiction and everything. Like, you said something clear. It's like knowledge, you know. And as soon as you are convinced that you can learn and keep learning and, and move forwards with any question you have, oh, there must be, again, someone who had the same problem who wrote about it, mm-hmm. and then you keep moving toward this, then people will trust you for having this approach somehow. Mm-hmm. It's your perceived value, too. So for me, when I you're not saying that you, sorry, you're not saying that you, you know, like, know everything about everything, you know, you're yeah. just saying that, you know, you are researching about it, you yeah. made some research, and you're here to share it, so mm-hmm. I guess it's yeah. the way it could work. And I so, think my, uh, Sorry, yeah, yeah. perfectionist comes up again yeah, or yeah. like fear of criticism like yeah, I, yeah. I try to study and try to like know everything so that if someone asks me a question I'll know yeah. the answer I don't mm. like to not know the answer to something and yeah. I think I have, that's something that I have to like it's, it's, a, it's a full debate like yeah, do we this, need this, the... is, this is a good uh, that's yeah. for another podcast maybe but yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah. the purpose of life is not to know the answer is to understand the other isn't it yeah. <laughs> yeah this, this, is, this is good. This is always good. Like seeing those dynamics, you know, it's like who you have in front of you answer that problem instead of, you know, answering your own concerns, you yeah. know? <laughs> and sometimes we do some meetings together and he's, and he's like, yeah. delivering the message, you know, and you're like, oh, yeah, actually, that was enough, you know? <laughs> The person just needed that somehow. Like when I met you again, when I go back to that's how marketing, I, how you know. <laughs> how I perceive people when I met you the first time, I'm like, I got contract for coaching. She must have thousands of contract for coaching because <laughs> I'm like, she's so organized. She knows everything. She's so tough. She's so independent. She knows everything. <laughs> so your 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 whole. Uh, <laughs> It's working. <laughs> it looks like it. My, <laughs> my fake persona that I'm very good. It's working. Yeah, but yeah. No, it's Brian actually said the same thing. He was like, I was nervous to try and set up a meeting with you because I, I assume that you're probably so busy with all your... Yeah. And I'm like, I don't have any clients. <laughs> <laughs> you're all so insecure at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then, which, yeah which is a good way to... When you, when you build something, you're here to solve problems. So all the time, of course, from your perspective, you'd be like, oh, you see the empty glass, you know, but the others would be like, oh, she's doing amazing stuff and I want to connect with that. Mm-hmm. So for for you, I guess it's it's like, yeah, always 
hard to hello I'm you know I'm doing yeah. stuff and then yeah I still have problem mm-hmm. this is great it's a good way to end um, I, I will end this on you know even Dana as you can see like you know you've met her through all her podcasts already and you, yeah. and you can see her she's that for me again you're the product of your generation which mm-hmm. is the tough looking girl mm-hmm. But I feel like for the past couple of years, every time you put your insecurities on the table, that actually made you stronger. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of the messages we want Perfect. to put out there and for the creators that are going to come and interview with us, is we're here to collect those insecurities only to make you stronger. Because mm-hmm. the more you can express them, the more you will understand yeah. them. Yeah. And the yeah. more you'll understand that nobody gives a shit, actually. Yeah. <laughs> It's, It's okay good. to Doing be Doing the podcast is so, like, <laughs> cathartic, is that the word? Exactly. For me, like, to just put it all out there and be like, yeah. actually, I'm not doing great. Like, <laughs> my life is actually falling apart. Yeah. And then to have people be like, me too. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, okay, cool. It's always good to have a, a crew. So we're here for that, to collect those, those nice information. But thank you, Dana. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was you guys. So That's great to yeah. listen yeah. to your story. If you have any questions for Dana, if you're from La Jolista, if you want to come and interview. Yeah, yeah. La Jolista is doing uh, amazing stuff. Yeah. Like we should... For anybody who is creators in Saigon, please hit subscribe, comment, mm-hmm. come to the show. Thanks, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Creators in Saigon. If you liked this episode, become a part of our mission to inspire others by leaving a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts and sharing this episode with your friends on social media. This one small act can truly make a difference in someone's life. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and see you next time.